Uh, this past month, my wife and I took a uh, East Coast road trip that saw us going through 10 states and one Canadian province in seven days. Uh, we kind of jutted up through Ontario and then scooted our way down the East Coast and came back across. And road tripping is one of our like, favorite ways to travel because it's you know, a, a way for us to kind of spend time together in the car and bond and, and uh, see you know, what we normally wouldn't see for just to go point A to point B flying kind of thing. But anyone that's ever traveled via road trip before knows that you always hit that wall at some point. You know, you've been traveling for like who knows how many hours. Like anyone that's ever driven down to Florida maybe, you hit the state of Georgia and it never ends. You just keep going and going and going. You think, oh, we're not even close to Atlanta yet. How is this even possible? It just keeps going and going and you've hit the wall and you've absolutely done with, your, uh, with, with, with the travel. Well, uh, today on our wilderness adventure, we pick up with the Israelites who are on a bit of a wilderness road trip of their own. And uh, I'm sure that they have absolutely just hit the wall by now. They're in pursuit of this promised land. They've been at it for a while, and they've just got to be done. And thankfully, they've made it somewhat. They're just outside of the border of the promised land. This is the promised land that God promised to Moses before this whole thing even started. If we flip back to Exodus chapter 3, we can see God calling Moses from the burning bush. And he says this, I've indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt, and I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, and I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land and into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Pezzarites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. So here's the Israelites. They're standing outside of the promised land, just on the border. And God tells Moses to take men and send them in to spy and see what it is that they see. So a man from each tribe is selected, and they go in and kind of scope things out. And they come back with this report, and we pick up with this in our Old Testament reading. They, the spies, gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here's the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites live in the Gev, the Hittites and the Jebusites, and Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Now, this should have been one of those, like, hair stand up on the back of your neck kind of God moments where it's like, oh, my gosh. This is exactly what God told Moses that they were going to find. Keep in mind, they didn't have road signs on this trip. It's not like 25 miles back, Moses was like, all right, guys, there's a sign. 25 more miles to the promised land. Let's just push right on through. God tells them exactly what it is that they're going to find when they get to where it is that he's promised them this area. And they get there, and lo and behold, it's exactly what he told them. But here's the problem. Instead of focusing on the blessing, instead of rejoicing and being just so excited to be obtaining God's promises, they focus on the negative side of it. They look at it and say, yeah, this is the land flowing with milk and honey. We have the fruit. We have the evidence here. And here's all those people. But have you seen the size of them? They're huge. We are going to be crushed like bugs. We are nothing compared to these people. And this should be completely mind-boggling to us. Because these are people who have seen God performing and coming through on this promise time and time again. They've been delivered out of, the, out of Egypt. They've seen the plagues. They've seen the Red Sea part. They crossed on dry land. When they were thirsty, 
They drew water from a rock and quenched that thirst. When they were hungry, God provided manna, and it appeared before them, and they filled their bellies. The people that were already living in this land, they've already defeated some of them. Last couple weeks ago, Pastor Dave talked about Moses standing up and holding up the staff of God and the Israelites driving back the Amalekites. These were some of the people that were in this land, and they were still worried about it, even though they'd already defeated them. They literally had been following a pillar of clouds and a pillar of fire to get to where it is that they needed to go. God had been delivering on his promise time and time again. But once they got there, they weren't willing to keep going. Physically, physically, they were along for the ride. But spiritually, these people were nowhere to be found. Now, we know our God is a God that keeps his promises. It's easy for us to look at the Israelites and think, you silly Israelites, ye of little faith, you should have known. Because we can look ahead in the story. We can flip ahead and, and see them defeating these enemies, these giants that they were afraid of, these descendants of Anak. This is who Goliath would have descended from, these giant people. And we see David stand before him with just a sling and a stone and standing against him in the name of God. And those enemies are defeated. We see these giant walls that they were concerned about, these fortified cities fall to them. We see God delivering on his promise. Now, in order for us to obtain God's promises, it requires something of us. It requires an investment. We can't just be along for the ride. We need to buy fully into it. And this was something they were unwilling to do. And we like to think that we're so much further along than what the Israelites were from this. But in reality, trusting, like our puppet friends have shown today, is really hard. I have a really hard time trusting. I like being in control. I like knowing exactly what's going to happen, plan things out to my details. But we need to make that investment. As a matter of fact, Jesus in our gospel lesson today is touching on this exact topic, this idea of investing, this idea of putting their trust in, in him, in his word, physically being along for the ride, but not spiritually. In Matthew 7, we catch up with Jesus as he's finishing up his Sermon on the Mount. And he says, anyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice, they're like a foolish man who builds a house on a foundation of sand. The storms come, the winds howl, the waters begin to rise, and that foundation is swept away, and the house is destroyed. He says it, it, there's a great fall. But a man who hears my words and then puts them into practice is like a man who builds a house on a foundation of rock. Those same storms may come. Notice he doesn't say those who hear my words and put them into practice live happily ever after and everything's hunky-dory and nothing bad ever happens. No, those same storms come. The winds howl. The waters begin to rise. But since they built their house, since they built their faith on a foundation of rock, the house is not destroyed. Today, Jesus is asking us a very simple but a very blunt question. And it's a question that we need to continually ask ourselves day after day. Am I just a hearer of his word? Am I just a hearer of his promises? Or am I a doer? Am I willing to invest into it? Do our actions reflect what it is that we hear and what we say we believe? Or are we just offering up lip service? 
lifting up empty songs of praise, meaningless prayer, pointless worship, a time filler. Because to hear his word and to put it into practice takes faith. It takes trust. It takes an investment. Now, a hearer is someone who can come from a wide range of people. It could be someone who has a very loose affiliation with church, a very loose affiliation with worship, a very loose affiliation with God, all the way to someone who is a very regular worshiper, someone who is a very person that, that takes part of the sacraments, that goes through with confirmation, that goes through with prayer, that, that, that's here, but they're just here physically. They might sing the songs, they might hear the scripture, they might listen to the words, but the one unifying factor between all these people is after all that is done, after encounter with God happens, nothing happens to them. There's no change. They might leave and say, well, that was lovely. That was nice. And wherever the worship happened, wherever God was encountered, they leave it all behind. And they just go back to whatever it was that they were doing. A doer, however, is someone who comes to worship, who encounters Jesus Christ, and is impacted by the very presence of him, who is changed by that. I'm currently reading a book that talks about how uh, I should be maintaining a Jesus-centered youth ministry. And I don't like to read very much. Reading is slow and kind of plodding for me, and I hate doing it. But uh, this is a good book. And, and so I was reading along, and there was a sentence that really caught my, my, my attention. And it said this. An encounter with Jesus Christ is like an encounter with a hand grenade. I said, oh, do go on, book. An encounter with Jesus Christ is like an encounter with a hand grenade. It completely changes everything that it impacts. A doer is someone who hears the gospel, hears God's words, hears his promises, and it changes them, and they're willing to put their trust into him. Their actions reflect what they are hearing. Their worship habits reflect what they are hearing and what they say they believe. If we are changed, if we don't make an investment in him, if we are unwilling to trust, we are like that fool that's building their house, building a structure on a foundation of sand, and it's just going to be swept away. However, the actions of a doer is someone who recognizes God's promises, who's willing to submit to him, who's willing to put their trust into him. They're willing to cross into the promised land boldly, they're willing to obtain what it is that God has promises. They're able to recognize a blessing and just give the obstacles to God. Admittedly, being someone like that, being a doer, can be difficult. It's a lot easier just to be a hearer, just to be an innocent bystander in all of this. It's a lot more comfortable. The Israelites, instead of crossing into the promised land, were willing to go back into slavery. Think how ridiculous that is for a minute. They're, instead of going into and obtaining God's promises, they were willing to go back to death labor. But at least they knew what to expect from that. It wasn't comfortable, but it was comfortable knowing that they at least knew what was going to happen. Changing is also a scary thing. Because if indeed God changes me, if I'm impacted by him, that means I've got to change. And I don't want to do that because I've worked very hard to make this happen. This didn't just happen overnight. I mean, <laughs> this, it, it took a lot of, of, of work on this. And if God changes me, what if I don't like that? 
Or what if I put my trust in him and I fail? What if I fall back and he's not there? Fear of failure is probably the number one most thing, is my biggest problem. I'm so afraid of failure at times, I, I just kind of half-heartedly put myself into something and, and just sort of let it happen. And then if, if it goes well, I go, yay. And if it doesn't go well, I go, well, at least I wasn't that invested in it. It's not that big of a deal. We do these things because we think we're protecting ourselves. We're protecting the image that we've created. We're protecting ourselves from uncomfort. We think we're protecting ourselves from, from fear. But in reality, in reality, we are severely hurting ourselves. Because the truth is we are either moving towards God or we are moving away from him. Even if we feel like we're just sitting idly, we're moving away. The Israelites, by not making a decision to go forward, made the decision to move backwards without even realizing it. And they moved backwards into 40 years of exile and an entire generation never seeing the promised land because they just chose to stand pat, to not move forward with God. So the question is, what does it take? What does it take to be a doer? To put our trust into his promises. It's not a one-time thing. It's something that we have to go to him daily, day after day. Trust him like we've trusted him yesterday, like we trusted him the day before, like we're going to trust him tomorrow, like we're going to trust him the day after that. We need to be made new each day. I heard a, a speaker at one of the retreats that I took the kids to, and he was talking about this concept of being new daily. And he said, each morning when I wake up, I pray to God. I say, Lord, forgive me for yesterday. Forgive me for my shortcomings, but thank you for being there. But Lord, today's a new day, and today I put my trust into you. I'm not going to worry about tomorrow. I'm going to worry about today, and I don't have to worry about it because I'm putting my trust into you. Honestly, the change part is easy. It's the continuing that's the difficult part. I've had so many people that, and I've been through this too, where we go to like a Spring Hill or an adult will come back from a Vita Cristo or a Teens Encounter Christ or, or some sort of Jesus Encounter Retreat, and they're just like stoked for Jesus. They're pumped. You know, they're, you see the physical and the spiritual change in someone, and you think, this is awesome. Yes. But then like two weeks later, they're like right back down in the valley to where they started because they didn't continue. It wasn't just a one-time thing. It's a constant effort. That's why we gather here as a congregation, to stand together, united as a people, moving forward together. So if you're someone who maybe you've realized that you've been idle for a bit, or you're further away from God, today while we pray, it just takes one thing, one simple request. Lord, help me to move forward. And if you're someone who's been moving forward in their faith, remember not to stop. We don't reach the promised land. We're not there quite yet. We need to keep stepping forward because we are all standing on the brink of the promised land. And it's up to us to make a choice. So let's put our faith in him. Let's put our faith in his word. Let's trust his promises. And let's move forward together, united as a people of God. Because when we do that, God can accomplish great and awesome things. So let's stand and let's turn to him in prayer.